Anita. Flex and Frooms. Flex and Frooms. This is the Flex and Frooms Catch-Up Podcast. Sweetie Pies on today's show. Three and a half hour movies in the cinema. Too long? Potentially. Here's the podcast. Tech time. Tech time. Tech time. It's tech time with Flex and Frooms on Cater. Yeah, we're about to get it. While we've been dedicating the majority of our time to TikTok and Instagram and other social media platforms, there's one that has stood the test of time that I think we might have overlooked. That search engine is Pinterest. I know what you're thinking. It's for crafty mums and people planning weddings. But I promise it's perfect for a special third thing. So I don't think people understand what sets TikTok apart from Instagram. What makes it slightly different is it's not just a social media app. It doesn't exist to connect you to people that you know or broaden your networks by one or two degrees. It aims to introduce you to things that you have not encountered before by aggregating information from the internet and serving it to you based on your metadata and stuff like that. So you can search things in TikTok, like you can't search things in Instagram. But Pinterest did it first and Pinterest has been doing it for ages. People claim to like it because there's no like extra pressure on building like a persona or likes or anything. All you do there is curate your own social utopia. You look at little pictures of things that you like and then you put those pictures in folders and you look at them. (laughs) And that's what every platform is anyway. True. Looking at your own Instagram. No, looking at other people's stuff. Oh, that's true. So Pinterest just, you you know, it uses all of your little metadata. It sees what you like. And there's this regenerating feed that just shows you cool new stuff based on other cool stuff you looked at before. It's great. Okay, Pinterest baddie, are you getting paid for this? No, not at all. You should be. I'm pretty sure they've got a budget. <laughs> what would you know about it? Yeah. <laughs> Your not an influencer price, yeah. but tell me about influencing. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> um, oh, my God. So I started using Pinterest to figure out what to do with my book cover. Amazing. And it hits differently. Yeah. I'm in the little pink section <laughs> and suddenly I'm getting, you know, what's it called? Inspiration for days. I do think some people are better at Pinterest than others. Absolutely. Like with all platforms, though. Mm. You, my bestie Madison, mm. both just understand design and stuff and so I would I would go on her Pinterest and be like damn and I'm dabbling but I haven't done I don't do enough research to have breadth of creativity uh visually yeah and I think that might be the flaw with every platform I know a lot of people who didn't get onto Twitter said it's because they didn't know how to curate their feed to see tweets they wanted to like similarly similarly with threads Instagram TikTok TikTok I think is the only one that you can get away with no curation have a really good time yeah Damn, they've nailed it. It was Max and Frooms on Kata. This time five, maybe ten years ago, buying a copied or counterfeit item was faux pas. It was frowned upon. It wasn't something you admitted to publicly and even something you might deny if you were questioned on it. But apparently Gen Z is changing the way people perceive duped items. So I was reading this article on CNBC that I was really intrigued by. First, it started out with talking about the difference between dupes and counterfeits. So dupes, short for duplicates, are just cheaper alternatives to premium or luxury products. I didn't know it was short for duplicates. I just thought it was a made up word. Yeah. Whereas counterfeit is when someone is making an exact replica or something else with lower quality items and trying to sell it to you as if it's real. So it carries an unauthorized trademark or logo of a patented brand. Dupes simply mimic certain features of more expensive products. And they can get real close, these dupes. They certainly can. And interestingly enough, 
I feel like, I mean, Gen Z, what, the oldest Gen Z would be 26. So I don't think it's unusual for any generation to come across so contradictory. The way that the media in particular documents Gen Z's contradictions makes it really confusing when you're looking at it from just an analytical point of view and not like a lived point of view. So Gen Z is responsible for this rise in authenticity marketing, this idea that they no longer want to be kind of like sold a lie or they no longer want to be positioned as people who are buying into the lies of the world. Dupe culture fits neatly right into something because realistically what's happening with these dupes and the argument people used to make is that dupes are good because luxury brands overcharge, but there are dupes for finely priced items. There are dupes mm-hmm. for items that are $60. There are dupes for items that are easily accessible. There are dupes for items that don't really need to be duplicated. So what is it about dupe culture that's so enticing? If you look at the hashtag for dupes on TikTok, it's like billions of millions of billions and millions. I can't get to the bottom of it. I feel like everybody loves the idea that there's like a little, like, ooh, like I think it's the thrill of the chase a lot. The purchase is no longer thrilling enough. (laughs) Yeah, for real. How do we make the purchase feel extra good? It's because we do so much online shopping nowadays. Mm, Fascinating. We have a burning question. Usually it's Flexi who brings these to the table. It is part of her remit. However, Mickey has brought one to my attention as per usual, working over time. We want to know, would you rather go back in time and give your 16-year-old self advice or have a visit from yourself in 10 years and give you advice now. Personally, I would want to see myself in 10 years come back and give myself advice. Why? Because youth is waning, y'all. And I reckon the last two years is when I started to realise that I am just like everyone else and I will get old one day. Um, And that has been a process of mourning and also a process of excitement. I feel Mm. like in the last two years... I realised, it's like when pick became a thing that we all talked about, I really realised that my pick have been a lifelong trait. Ooh. And I realise, and I don't mean that in the like context of men necessarily, I mean more just me thinking that I ha- I'm like terminally unique. So my friend says terminal uniqueness. You think that you're so unique that you'll die. Um, so I would want my 38-year-old self to come down and give me advice because I... I feel like she would tell me to just enjoy myself and go out more. And I think also she could give me some, I think I would trust her because when I was 16, I thought that I knew everything and it's only now every year I learn so much more. I sound like Kylie realising things. I would go back in time, but not to give myself advice, just to get perspective. I think that a lot of people make the consequence of living in the future when they should be living in the past as a good indication of where they're going. I don't think future me has anything to say that is relevant right now that won't just... Because realistically, like, if I get there anyway, then what do you have to tell me? I'm her. Mm. Like, I'm her right now. So if you're just 10 years in the future, I'm going to get there regardless. Me in the past, though, I think that we do a lot of, like you said, this mental gymnastics on what the past was really like and is it the way I imagined it? And I would like to just get perspective on all the things, just observing me. Was I as quiet as I thought I was? Was I as friendly as I thought I was? Was it really that hard to be raised in a certain environment? Was school that hard? I just want to watch and then bounce. That's a good idea. Watch. Mm. I feel like I like retroactively get, I saw this meme which was like, I want to know if my childhood was actually hard or if I'm like, have told myself that. 
Or like that thing was just like I had a medium hard childhood and that's why I like struggle. I can't really relate to either one of those, but I just thought that's funny. <laughs> You're listening to Flex and Frooms on Cater. Some Hollywood studios are pissed off with Australian cinemas. And that's odd because I really feel like the world isn't really checking for Australia like that. So what mm-hmm. mistake did we make in the movie realm that they're angry? So... Basically, the summary of the gossip is that some cinemas locally want to put an intermission between Martin Scorsese's new film, Killers of the Moon. The movie is three and a half hours long. What is it about? Don't worry about it. Don't worry. But here's the thing. Some independent cinemas in America have already just made an executive decision to just put an intermission in the middle of the movie. At the one and a half hour point, let's just pause, get a snack like the theatre, go to the bathroom, see how you feel. But the issue is they're doing it without permission, which is illegal, Mm. number one. And number two, it violates the licensing agreement, which says that you can't, like, change or doctor the film in any way. That's just, like, illegal point blank, period. Now, the Australian cinemas are arguing that if the movie were streamed, people would take breaks anyway. So why are we making the watching process difficult in the environment when they should be experiencing the most luxurious way to watch this movie? We shouldn't be punishing them for spending 50 bucks on a ticket to come see this movie. Make it easy for them. Um, And in response, they're saying that's not the director's vision. But is the director's vision walking out through a movie because it's too long? Mickey has actually seen the movie in cinemas. Yeah, I saw it at the movies. How was it? On Saturday night. It was too long. Yeah. And Saturday also, night. I got my snacks, you know. I got mm. my popcorn, my Maltesers, my big drink yeah. of Coke. Was it done halfway through the movie? Yeah. Was I thirsty? Yes. Could I leave? No. no. And I turned around. And to be fair, I watched it on Saturday night. And everyone was asleep. Oh, stop it. I was, there was a man snoring behind me. <laughs> I had people with their feet up. Ew. All these, everyone's like leaning on each other's shoulders. People were tired. Yeah. It was too long. It was simply too long. I hate when a long. movie feels like work. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was like itching. Like I was like itching to get it done. Like mm. I reckon for the last hour, I was like, get me out of here. Ew. Did you enjoy it? It was okay. Yeah. That's yeah. how I feel when I go to musicals. Oh. Yeah. Except yeah. for Anne Juliet, that hit different. I always appreciate an intermission when it comes. Oh, yeah, I would have loved an intermission to go refill my Coke, just like stretch my legs a little bit. Or offer service. I mean, you weren't in gold class, were you? (laughs) Yeah, that's how they get you. (laughs) It's an upgrade for next time. Maybe you won't have any of these complaints. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. Troy Sivan is the new Kylie Minogue. Hand or heart? I am obsessed with this man. I finally understand fan culture when I got across Troy Savan. I'm not going to lie. It was in the last six months. A late adopter. It's perfect timing. That means the marketing is working. Marketing? The marketing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Well, I, I just love his songs. And well, the you, think you're, you think you just happened to like Troy Savan the last six months? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's fresh and underground, not because he's on, been on a rigorous marketing and PR campaign for the last six months. <laughs> Honestly, I love when things work. So if that's, it feels organic. His dancing, his songs, the way that Bag Raiders let him do the little bit of shooting stars in Got Me Started. Tell me why I'm listening to Troy Savan every single day about 10 times a day. Going to walk, got me started and I don't think I... It's the first like person where I've wanted to learn a dance that's that song. 
So obviously, because I'm a new fan, I had to go and do my research. There were some prior songs that I did get around, including My, My, My. And 1999 with Charlie XCX. But I went and did some research and realised that he was a child star. He was on the Perth Telethon in 2006. And we're also the same age, guys. And he was giving 24, so you know what that means. I'm giving 24 as well. And he was also the little baby in Wolverine. I feel like he's one of the Australians who is going to transcend the Australian cringe thing. None of fans like you keep gripping on him. <laughs> what do you mean gripping? Gripping. Australians love to grip <laughs> when things are in their peak and prime. He's really going to transcend the Australian cringe. Yeah, if you leave him alone, let him transcend to different markets and then he won't maintain. People who have not been able to escape Australian cringe are those that Australians cannot un- unfurl their claws from. <laughs> also, sorry, I forgot the biggest thing. He's yeah, architectural. What's the, what's the comparison between Kylie and Kylie Minogue? Yeah. Okay, let me break it down for y'all. Troy Savan was in Architectural Digest. His house in Redacted Suburb. I reckon it's the best architectural digest I've seen in terms of like people loved it. It's like, oh, I could get that lamp or like you couldn't, but I could get that lamp. Compared to Kylie, when I was a kid, my parents used to drive down Kylie Minogue Street to show us the house. It was in Glen something. Someone will know it. Anyway, we used to do drive-bys of her house and I think, oh my God, Kylie Minogue's house. So that's architectural digest in and of itself. Number two, camp. Number three, pop songs that will stand the test of time. I feel like I've unlocked something here, guys. Kylie Minogue, Choice of Arm. You've been listening to the Flex and Froome's Daily Podcast. For more, tune in to Cater on DAB or stream it on iHeartRadio.